Hi, I'm Scott Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the GAF Podcast. This podcast is for professionals who want to work in the advisory space. It's a series of conversations and essential frameworks to give better advice. It's the stuff they don't teach you at uni. It's where value sits. So buckle in, volume up, let's go. Welcome to the GAF Podcast. My name's Scott Fitzpatrick. Oh my goodness, I'm excited. We've got the band back together. I've got Brian Fitz, Paul Crane. Gentlemen. Good to be back. Gigging again. (laughs) (laughs) The band is back together. We're back. 2022, how's it looking, Brian? For me, it's a a year of um, curiosity, really. Um, Looking forward to getting back uh, and doing some traveling and so on. So um, this year, I've got a few trips with my wife. I'm closing on, I'll be 70 this year. So um, uh, my word for the year is graceful, which means that I want to stay interested and and involved in all of the projects that interest me, but without making it a big fight or any great need to, you know, prove success. Yeah, so just take it easy and graceful this year. I like it. I can see that working for you. Mm. Paul Crane? Yeah, look, really excited about the year. Looking at uh, being able to travel a bit more, get to Sydney. Also, yeah, for me, uh, the word I had, I think we mentioned earlier, is legacy, which is around seeing things that, that will last. So with businesses knowing that a lot of those things will, it's not, a, it's not just about today, it's the future, and hopefully that will be passed on over generations. So looking at long term. I love that as well. And mine's enrichment for the year. What's that mean for you? Um, it means, you know, we're enriching my life, my, my family relationships, my wife, the people around me, the advisor community. Yeah, I've, I've landed on that. Last year was curious, mm-hmm. the year before joy. Good. So, Good. And I've been using it with clients and I'm encouraging everybody I speak to to help clients, you know, have that rock for the year. What's the word that they're going to put on the rock for the year to hold them in contact? It's an interesting thing, you know, when people talk about um, having fun, and, and when I see fun as part of values and things like that, you know, fun always feels like it, it's sort of a quick burst, yeah? But people that live a life of joy rather than fun, and that means that you can actually find something even when it's not fun. Even You know, you can get that sense of an inner glow even when times are tough and things aren't working really well. So for me, it's been a, you know, a real interesting sort of a, a flip between fun moving to joy, which is a sort of, for me, a bit of a warmer, longer mm. feeling than just the fun piece. Yeah, joyful. And now graceful, Brian. And graceful. Look forward to hockey season this year. <laughs> a lot of joy. Grace, grace and joy on the field, I like it. So let's review, you know, I think we're up to about episode 20 and we started off here with this concept of bringing some awareness and some skills possibly for advisors across the accounting legal wealth management to, to bring to their clients and add some value. And how do you think we're travelling? If you had to give us a score out of 10 or a score out of 20? Score out of 20? Oh, look, I think we're at about um, 15 in terms of um, the broadness of the um, conversations that we're having around things. One, one criticism for me and the other five could be that we, we might need to be a little bit more uh, involved in diversity, seeing, seeing other points of view other than white Anglo-Saxon males, so to speak, yeah? so more, more women in, in advice, what's happening for them and um, 
maybe even a few different cultural backgrounds as well. Fantastic. Good feedback. Franny, feedback you've had from advisors? Feedback, I think a lot of advisors have gone through a lot of change, so there's a bit of fatigue around having to to, 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 deal with a lot of the change. I think a lot of advisors have made real improvements and made gains on pricing and, and valuing what they do. That's been a challenge for some. There's still a bit of work to go, and I think they can see a lot of opportunity. There's new business. I'm hearing a lot of advisors attracting some good clients, you know, right ideal clients. And I know for this next 12 months, a lot of businesses are looking at growing and and attracting those right sort of clients. So okay, it's a nice change in focus. Yeah. Well, but let's let's start with some reality, Brian. Back to you, just quickly on this concept of fatigue. There's a lot of fatigue out there. How do we deal with this? Well, that's that's the thing I notice around people. I've been seeding in my clients for a long, long time. The desire for small business owners to, to have long service leave. And quite often when you work in your small business, you can work for 20, 25 years and not have an extended break. Um, if you work in, in other industries, you do get long service leave. And so um, for a few of my clients, um, we're looking at... at um, bringing that in because it makes it more sustainable. That fatigue is, um, you know, such an important part of um, showing up for your clients. If you're, if you're going into meetings with your clients and you're absolutely exhausted and tired and you don't have anything to look forward to and your energy's down, that's the experience that they get from you. So making sure that we can um, maintain our energy is, is such an important part. Yeah, Crony, you talk about managing energy, not time. Yeah, I, I think it's a really important concept and, and we talk about your ideal week and for me the ideal week is looking at how, how you manage your energy and it's simple things that you can put in place. You know, um, It's not being an elite athlete but regular exercise. There's lots of studies that shows it shifts energy and emotions. It's great for clearing your head. For me, the bike ride in the morning is just come back with clarity around the day and I'm thinking about the day and I'm already fired up for the day. And, and looking at your week, you know, stages models are a good one to look at, you know, if I've got a second brick ball client, I wouldn't have them Monday or Friday. I'll have them during the week where my energy's high. Um, you know, it's simple stuff. It's, you know, there's so many books written on health, but, you know, eating properly and having alcohol, but I, try, I don't drink during the week. It's a choice I've made. Uh, I enjoy a beer on a Friday and a Saturday, but for me, it's just maintaining my energy makes me more efficient and effective. So it's a bit like when you're studying and you're tired and you sit there for two hours and you don't take anything in. And when you're in a really clear energy's high, you can sit there for half an hour and it all comes comes in. And same when you're, you're seeing clients. If your energy's low, well, the clients aren't going to have the greatest experience either. So I think managing energy is a, is a big one. And for people who f- you know, feel like they need a holiday and just see the end, that says to me you're not managing your energy. You talk, Brian, about you know you should have a week off every eight weeks or something like that. Well, and I think it's a it's you know often we we um, use the analogy of going to the gym and you wanted to do uh, 200 you know bench presses or something like that. Well, you can't do 200 in a row because fatigue sets in, and as soon as fatigue sets in, um, injury happens. Yeah, but if we do it in sets of 10 with a break in between, you can you can achieve that. And so for me, you know, it's, it's, it's like uh, half a day or a day off every, every fortnight is really important. Being able to make yourself unavailable to anyone 
for an hour or so a day. You know, I coach a CEO of a major IT firm and I've had to talk to his uh, PA about the fact that he's not allowed to take his phone or his laptop when he goes for his hour of, of solitude. And so he just goes and sits in a park with a big blank piece of paper and comes back. But it's taken some rigour because he always wants to answer the phone or, or do something, yeah? And it's that sense of um, not, you know, that, that old phrase that says, I'm a, I'm a human being, not a human doing. So stop doing some things for us and, and allow some silence. I think there's some healing in that. I think, you know, I look back on, on my career, one of the best things I've ever done was take, start taking Fridays off, which developed our whole language and culture around four and 40, mm. four days a week, 40 weeks a year. But I remember 15 or 20 years ago, Scott, me having to coach you around not feeling guilty mm. on that Friday, yeah? And not feeling, not listening to the criticism of others that said you should not have that. Yeah. yeah, you know, you broke a paradigm within yourself, yeah, that others still hold. But it gave me time. It gave me headspace. It gave me renewable energy. It gave me time in my third place. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I think someone advises to using red, blue, black, and the, the colour green. That's a good one with your clients. So the green is what gives you energy. So what, you know, and that can be time with family. It can be. Yeah, passions, things you love doing, and, and, and map that out over 12 months. So you don't have to have a whole week holiday. It could be a weekend away somewhere. It could be going to a couple of concerts. It could be spending time with your kids. Whatever gives you energy, that green time should be, you know, what we do is put all that work stuff in. At the end of the year, you go, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, next year I'll have a holiday and I'll do this. So for me, the green is a really good exercise at the start of the year on putting that green th- activity over the 12 months to see it out there going, oh, that's okay, that's good. And, and green time can be each day. It can be exercise, it can be reading a book, learning an instrument, whatever you do. But um, it, yeah. but it's a mindset thing to change that, isn't it? To go, okay, I'm going to put myself first. And then Brian, run us through the fear flags again. What happens once you put yourself first and put yourself in your diary, into your ideal week? Well, everything, that, everything that's going to um, challenge that starts to show up. So people are going to want you, they're going to ring you when it's not um, appropriate for you. We have to teach our clients how we work as well, Scott. You know, my clients know that if they ring me after 4.30, they've wasted the call, because I've stopped work, yeah? Um, I'm, and I'm out doing my exercising, I'm an afternoon exerciser. And I think that's, that's a, a really important thing, you know. We do have to put ourselves first, because if I go down, then I'm, I can't help my clients. If I, if I get the wobbles, mm-hmm. and occasionally I do, you know, and, and if I look at it, I'll go back and look at my schedule and go, it's too busy. I've tried to help too many people, yeah, in too short a time frame, and that's when I get worn out. Now, what, what we've, what we've uh, come up with is a whole bunch of concepts for people, but I think, for me, it starts with your ideal week, and we're not, tr- we're not asking people to implement a thousand ideas. Disaster <laughs> sits in there somewhere. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, in every podcast you listen to, there's generally something that's a, a, a real gem. But, you know, if you end up um, being in this podcast culture where you get, you know, somewhat addicted to podcasts or listening too much, you end up with a thousand ideas and don't know what to do and, and, and nothing gets done. So it's the implementation of one or two ideas that will make the difference. Yeah? And then the rigour to follow through on that 
Yeah, even when the next shiny thing turns up, you've got to be able to go, well, I'll, I'll park that for a while because I'm on this task now and I'm in this, this habit, you know. And really our success stems from our habits, not from our one-off things. It's what we do day after day after day at a high degree of, of what we've used before the phrase repeatable excellence. If I can have repeatably excellent habits, yeah, and I only have to have one or two of those, then success is on the way, I think. I run across a lot of, that's great, I run across a lot of clients that intellectually get all this, but but it stops with the implementation for them. It's not implemented. Yeah, well, again, people only change one or two reasons. We mentioned this a number, inspiration or desperation. So it's finding what inspires you to actually do it. And sometimes it's a hard, easy principle. So exercise, if you've never done it before, is hard. So what people do is they try for a couple of weeks, oh, geez, that's a bit hard, and they stop. Mm. And then another 12 months or <laughs> If you actually make it harder, it becomes easy. Yeah? And if you don't make it hard, the universe will. So it's a bit like if you don't study, well, the exam's going to be hard. So if you want to run a marathon, you've got to train hard, or you're going to, it's going to be a really painful marathon. So in life, it's the hard, easy principle. People want the easy thing first. They look for ease rather than, sometimes it is a bit hard. It's going to hurt. <laughs> Um, but after a while, it actually becomes easy. So it's that consistency and intensity. Like, I, I see people go, I go to the gym every day. I go, yeah, but you stand around, you talk to people half the time, you don't do anything. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's actually not just doing it. You know, it's actually doing it at a certain intensity to get the outcome. You know, six steps. You know, I kind of use it. Do you use it or you don't? It's, it's implementing it, but it's doing consistently. Yeah. And it's, it's fully investing it. Do it properly. Do one or two things properly yeah. rather than tinker with 50 things, but don't do them properly. Same with networking. Oh, I kind of do a bit of networking. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, I'll do my black tie. You made two phone calls. So go and actually meet those people and have deep, meaningful conversations. Do it properly and you'll get an outcome. So it's, I think sometimes we fluff around with it. And it's... See, for 20 years I've been helping people with you know, so-called goals and things like that. And I've really come to the, the, the work that I do with them now is look at your list of things that you want to achieve. And I, I don't call them achievements anymore. I just call what do you want to experience in 2022? And then go, now, which of those are down there because of duty and obligation and you feel like they should be there? And you know you're not going to do them anyhow. Only write down things that you want to do. Yeah? And have those experiences. And then there's more motivation around that. You know, this sense of oh, I've got, to, I've got to lose weight or I've got to get fit. You know yourself whether you're going to do that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing, I think, you know, you know out of all of the, the, the things, you know, that you see in self-help books, I think one of the things that's really important is tell the truth at least to yourself. At least to yourself. At least yeah. to yourself, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a bit in that rather than focus on the goal. Let's focus on the activity mm. and make it to the point where you actually, you know, you, you can actually enjoy it. Like... Most people go, exercise, it actually is fun when you get to a point where you actually miss it because you've worked through the hard piece um, and you actually enjoy it. So, and then you don't, the weight will fall off anyway. You know, I've never said, a, I'm going to lose five. That's just like how I work. I go, I know I'm out. I'm a bit overweight. Let's go get back on the, on the bike back or on start the exercising and be consistent at it. Well, you, I know, you, Brian, you like to, once you get people clear, you get them to send their ideal week to you or what the next week looks like sure. and you're going to hold them accountable to that. 
Yep. One of the, the people, and I hope he doesn't mind us um, using his name, but Glenn really was one of your contributors to the podcast. And um, Glenn would write down and tell me all of these things that he wanted to, to do and how he wanted to live his life. And then I'd get him to send his ideal week to me and everything that wasn't that was on his ideal week. So more time with the family, and yet his schedule was booked up completely till 7 o'clock every night. And so I actually had him send that, uh, his ideal week to me every Monday morning for eight months before he started to really... <laughs> I'm yeah, just getting, yeah. yeah. And I just said, it's not good enough, When Every week I'd say, look at this. Yeah. You want to go and pick your kids up from, from soccer, but you're not going to be available. So typically, yeah, we put ourselves last in the ideal week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, that's... that's the key ingredient to that, I think, is setting your own context. We've talked content, context. You know, all your appointments are your content. But the context for the week is really important. How do you want to be this week and how do you want to experience the week? And, um, you know, if it, if it is, I want to spend more time with my family this week. Well, I've got to make sure the content, which is the, the diary entries, will fulfil that rather than take it away. So we do need to put ourselves first, yeah. Yeah, I think it's accepting two different phases of your life. You know, I'm in a different phase now where the kids aren't at home. Yeah. So it's very different. Like <laughs> I've got a lot more time to do things that... And, and, and that's a conscious choice as well. I, I don't regret when the kids were young not doing as much for me and spending yeah. it with them. I have actually the best choice I've ever made. I think people often feel like they've got to you know, live this balanced life and never having... Well, sometimes you've got to get out of balance in certain phases of your life. You're starting a business, sometimes you have, you're gonna to have to put extra put time effort. in to yeah. get the bit, and then a phase where the business is a different phase, you can make different choices. So I think um, you, it's, you've got to work what's, what works for you, not what everyone else thinks you should do. So. so and I think, Scott, there's the rub in that you listen to a podcast or you read a book and it's universal and it isn't. We've all got to sift through that and work out what works for what me. What works for you, yeah. And I think, you know, Let's bring it back to business then. We've seen some businesses over the last 12 months that you would sit here today and go, I reckon these guys and girls, they're going to have a good 12 months now. They've got momentum. They've had a really good mindset. They've taken on some coaching. Uh, they've made some, you know, made some courageous decisions inside their business. So we're starting to see that out there in the market. And we're still starting, we've got laggards who are still sitting there complaining about FOFA, Royal Commissions, whatever it is. How do we help them shift that mindset? The first, the first thing around shifting mindset is just awareness. Yeah? And, and sometimes people, unless you hear an, an alternate point of view, then how do you know whether that's accurate? Mm -hmm. So raising awareness around an issue um, is the important piece first. And then you know, looking at, at going, well, given that that's my new awareness, what am I choosing? And everybody that chooses a path of um, change will have a relapse. But it's to be gentle with yourself around that relapse and say, well, I wanted to do that, but I've gone back to my old ways. Now, is that appropriate? No, I, I still want to take the new way again. So allowing, you know, um, being a bit kind on yourself when you don't get it right, um, but continuing through it, you know, and that is, that is around commitment. Commitment says, I'm going to do this, even though the feeling that I made the decision in has left me. In other words, I'd no longer give myself any choice about this. This is my path. Yeah. I love that term about, you know, I'm in my comfort zone, but I need to step into my courage zone. Yeah. <laughs>
we've used, we've talked about change a few times, you know, and, and you know, there's a the phrase that we use sometimes is people don't hate change, they hate being changed. When things are pushed upon me, it's really different than if I accept it. Now, if there's legislative change, it isn't that I can push back against the change. It is I need to change myself to go with the flow of that. Yeah? And so, you know, that, that idea then of just accepting what is so rather than pushing back against it shouldn't be like this. Uh, in COVID times, it's in, in you know all sorts of um, things are popping up where people go, it shouldn't be like this, but it is. It is. It is. So now, what do I do with that? Dealing with what is so. What is so rather than what if. What if it was different? Mm. Yeah. That's the the change in the language. When well, yeah, it's, it's that mind that accepting. There's a great quote in Glennon Doyle's book. Um, yeah, here is life. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. And if you accept that as life. Life, life's going to be pretty good. If you think life is just going to be fantastic and it's just going to be great and there's going to be just joy, and, well, you're in for disappointment. Things happen. Shit happens. Yeah, and I think that's right, Cranny. We, we've been pushed into this pursuit of happiness as, as the goal of life, you know, and most of the learning and most of the um, true depth work is done when it's not, when it's not fun. Yeah? Well, it's learning to like, you know, accept and then go, okay, well, what, what can I do to either move forward or let it go or accept? And, and all, you know, feelings are data, not directives. So if you use it as data and, you know, I'm feeling sad, I'm okay with that. I miss my kids and I'm okay with that. I, I, I go, I'd be disappointed if I wasn't. So, but it's not blowing in the sadness, it's feeling it, understanding why. And then choosing, and that's that emotional intelligence we talk about. It's a choice of how we how we manage our emotions rather than have the emotions manage us. But if you ask most advisors about how they're feeling about their business at the moment, what what would be the general theme? I think a lot of them would be um, a little bit tired. There's been a lot of change and a lot of um, you know, for a lot of people, you know, putting new staff on and recruitment and training. Um, but I, I think overall would be optimistic. I can see that through all this, there's a real opportunity to work with some good clients. Uh, it is moving into a profession. And, um, and if they've got the confidence to broaden that value proposition, there's some really, I think, um, really rewarding conversations and wider conversations they can have. I'm so excited about it. I'm seriously jumping out of my skin. I wish I was 20 years younger. Well, you know, all of, you know the, that, that transfer of wealth, the, those businesses are going through succession. Uh, the amount of wealth out there is staggering. I'm constantly gobsmacked at ah, what well, people are paying for yeah. homes and businesses. The, and the need for advice across total yeah. balance sheet, uh, the whole family board concept, you know, the complexity in affairs now. It's just... It's just this beautiful big minefield that people need someone to help them navigate through. Yeah, we met a, a young guy in Kingston who runs his own investment kind of bit. You know, he, he's, he's looking for how do I add more value to clients and how do I have those, you know, not just about the money, but around values and around you know, life and deep and meaningful conversations. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, optimistic, and I think there's a lot of good stuff's going to happen over the next few years. Brian, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about why do we use frameworks? Can I jump in? I think yeah. what they do is create a, a, they get people to reflect. 
So it's often a third-party language or a, could be a visual. And so rather than being told, you're just asking questions and they work it out themselves. And that's where you get real, like people don't mind. It's a bit like don't tell them yeah. you need to change. Yeah. They go, like stages, what it does, it goes, oh, right now I understand. Gives them an understanding of why. And then they can start making choices because they go, oh, right, okay, now I'm, I'm near that second brick wall. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's the, that's the thing. When you see it up there, you see yourself on that model and you get present to your truth about what's going on for you yeah, without being, having to be told. You know, and, and quite often it's those frameworks that do the education, not the, not the advisor. Mm -hmm. It's just can you present that framework really well and then that person gets to go, oh, there I am. Yeah, the skill and it's coaching is, is helping people have awareness to reflect to then make a choice and then help them if they make a choice, what are the actions you need to take? So the frameworks, uh, all, all, the, the, the skill is to, to make it engaging for the client and ask questions so they're telling you and asking you. So I think, yeah, that when I hear that, that's perfect because I, I use certain frameworks in almost every meeting. I use a 10 3 framework. I use the six steps. Uh, I use content context. I listen. Uh, I don't listen to the story, I listen to what the story means. Yeah. Uh, I use the scarf model, uh, I use the pies model, but I think you articulate it really well, Craig, because for me, uh, it lets the client sit there, see their own reality, perturbate a bit, and it helps them, you know, make the, makes the next, next choice about whether I can help them or not. So I'm not using it as a sales tool, I'm no, using it as an awareness tool, and it gives um, them some confidence in my capability to help sort some of these things out. Well, it helps them see things a bit differently and, and, and understand. It gives, so the frameworks give context. Context is they now understand why. So when people understand why, they've got clarity. When people got clarity and say, oh, now I understand, then they've got more confidence to make decisions and want to change. But if they don't understand why, then that's when they're in confusion and can't understand. So that's the power of asking questions and helping them. Sometimes they know what they already know, but they can now articulate it and make sense. The funny thing happens is that even though advisors know frameworks, they often don't use them because they say, I'm not very good at delivering that. But because they know more about it than the client, the client yeah. doesn't know whether you're delivering it well or not. No. So, you know, it is about, it is about jumping in and, and, and having a crack at it yeah, and getting better as you do it. Whilst we've been talking about Glenn, really, I had that lovely moment in the Sydney office uh, last year where we're in opposite rooms, but I had a new client, and as it happened, Glenn had a new client in there. And you know, we both walked out almost at the same time, and as I opened the door, I peeked into his whiteboard, and I could see that he'd, he'd followed the framework of our engagement with you know, that 10 3 now process. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and we gave each other a wry smile. <laughs> But it wasn't a sales, you know, congratulations. It was an acknowledgement that we, you know, use that framework to help that client get really clear about what makes a great life for them. Made me a proud old man. Ah, good. Did Brian. Was this neater than yours? Or? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that is the essence of, and, and why we have the acronym GAF, Great Advisory Frameworks. Yeah? And, and this is what adds the richness to the client experience. I think is your ability to be able to take people on their personal journey. Even though we might have done 
a thousand 10-3 nows, it's still tailored and individual for them. Yeah? So it's not that, um, you know, it's not that we're, we're just trotting out a, um, a cookie cutter approach. It is tailoring that process individually for each person you're sitting with. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of they are contextual. So you can use them in any industry, any business. I think I said earlier, you know, I use it with our youngest son, talking about his you know, acting career, you know, stages. Yep. And, and so they create rich conversations. They're, they shouldn't get in the way. They should actually enhance the conversation. So let's pull this together for those listening. A, a few, you know, big things to think about for the year, Brian. If I was an advisor out there listening to this, what would be a couple of things to have in the back of my mind? We talked about that concept of managing energy, not time. What else? I think it would be listen to the framework that gets you excited and implement that without much else. Right. Yeah. Great. Just grab one of these get frameworks. one thing and do it right through to the very end. Fantastic. Uh, do, do a couple of things, but do it consistently. So rather pick 100 things, pick one or two things for the next six months and do it regularly and consistently and with if it's exercise intensity and you'll you know, the outcomes will happen so focus on source not outcome and the other one around managing energy is is what's going to make you the best version of yourself when you're with clients what are you going to do to turn up so you're present you, you're calm your energy's good and and that's now we talk about framework create your own framework that's going to support you. Well, for me, that's that, that, that's that piece for me is about, you know, create the ideal work that supports you. Well, structure determines behaviour. Yeah. So what's the structure you've got in your life that's going to help you with the behaviour you want? Yeah. And for me, that last piece is around what's your comfort zone, like a bit of awareness around what's your comfort zone and what's your courage zone. And what would, what what's would the be hard, hard to step into? Yeah. Most people go back to where it's easy rather than push it and make it even harder and it'll become easy. So much wisdom in this band, I tell you. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> For those listening, we, we've, we've spent the year videoing, <laughs> capturing Brian and Paul and a little bit of myself, but we've got about 40 got the band ready for the tour? Yeah, we're going to do the Australia tour, yep. Um, we'll, we'll have a website release soon. Pick the soundtrack. <laughs> People keep asking us for more info. Thank you, gentlemen. I look forward to the year with you. Oh, it's going to be a great year. Looking forward to it. And uh, let's grab the opportunities out there. Create the opportunities. And Scott, just an acknowledgement of you for, um, you know, taking the, the time and using your energy to try to enhance the profession. Um, I think it's a, it's a, you know, a great thing to do. It's, it, um, a lot of people hold on to their IP and want to, want to protect and not share. But sharing our ideas, yeah, is such an important part. So it's been a great, great journey, but you're doing a good job. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. And, and leadership's out of inspiring, so I know you've inspired a lot of advisors to want to be better advisors and learn and grow, so uh, keep part, leading. It's part of my rock for the year, mate, enrichment. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Gap Podcast. We're all about empowering advisors, giving them additional tools for their toolkit to give great advice. Great advice leads to great business frameworks, which leads to great results for the community.